Arizona, Arizona Sports. Sports. The local sports, local leader. sports leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. All the news, all the top stories, all the stuff that we have and have not yet had a chance to talk about. We put it all right here. The 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. This is where you go one-stop shopping for everything you need to know about Arizona sports. We're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals, who, in a way, we're back at work today. Cliff Kingsbury, media availability. We had Steve Kime on the show earlier from our conversation with the general manager. Just how badly did this organization need the win on Thursday Night Football against the Saints at home? I mean, I think for a number of reasons, and selfishly for me more than anything, because I wanted to win a game at home. And for our fans, give them something to be excited about. And to go out and play on Thursday Night Football with the roof open and wear all black and get beat would be awfully disappointing. And um, again, I think any time that you can win at home in front of your fans, it's a it's a, it's a great sign. And now you get on the road and you scratch some of those out, and now we're back, uh, you know, in, in in the mix. Just how about just thank God we won a home game. Not going to go into the calendar year. Took a lot. It took a lot off this organization. You know, I think that you know Cliff would have been on a hot seat had they lost. Steve would have been on a hot seat had they lost. I mean, if they had lost that game, you know, for all intent and purposes, I don't know that we felt that we would have believed that they could have came back from that and made the playoffs. Meanwhile, Cliff Kingsbury also met with me with the media today. He was on the Wolf and Luke show. Talked about the five and one Vikings. They're up next. Now they're playing at a high level uh, with a lot of confidence. They're five and one uh, for a reason, and um, they don't make many mistakes on, on that side of the ball. Great pass pressures, uh, you know, the secondary, they play a lot of zone coverage and have eyes on the quarterback, so they're creating a lot of turnovers and they, they, they are a good team. They're one of the elite teams in the league right now. And of course, we'll preview that matchup uh, as we get a little closer to it, but the Vikings did not play yesterday. They, like the Bills and the Eagles and the Rams, had the week off and they had the bye in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you got to give Kevin O'Connell, the new coach, a lot of credit. They've improved in a lot of different areas and uh, they're 5-1 and one and, uh, you know, with the Packers really struggling, they have a real chance to win that division. Before getting into the Suns' games over the weekend, they split one against, uh, they lost to the Portland Trailblazers. They beat the Clippers last night. Let's talk about this potential Jay Crowder okay, trade. Let's do it. Sham Sharania reported earlier today via his Twitter account that the Milwaukee Bucks are now linked to a potential Jay Crowder trade. Uh, they got that big three. They got Giannis, they got Middleton, and they got Drew Holiday. And those guys are taking up about $115 million in salary. And then you throw in Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. You know, you look at guys, if they did make a trade, would it be a Grayson Allen, a Joe Ingles, a Pat Connaughton? There are guys on that roster that are good. Ingles is a nice player, could shoot the ball. Um, so there are guys that you might be able to trade for. If you want a power forward, would they be? Would they move Bobby Portis? I don't think so, but there are players on that roster that you could look at that might fit here in Phoenix. Yeah, we'll see. We are, you know, still, what, a week into the season now, coming up on a weekend of the season, and it's been all quiet with the occasional rumor here or there when it comes to what's going to happen with Jay Crowder. Now, as far as over the weekend is concerned, Friday night, Suns lost to the Trailblazers in overtime by 2, 113-111. DeAndre Ayton, beautiful pass from Devin Booker in overtime. Ayton had the chance to tie the game and send it into a double overtime if he hit both the free throws. He missed the first, deliberately missed the second. Chuck Landale had a shot at it, wasn't able to convert, so the Suns lost that one. But then yesterday, last night, against the Clippers, 
Devin Booker game for the ages. He played so well. And granted, it was against Clipper team that was on the second night of a back-to-back. Might have been in a little bit of a fog, but the Suns got a pretty dominant win wire-to-wire against the Clippers last night. Great saw you. That 11-0 run in there. You got up by 22. You were up by 20 at the half. And then they really cruised. Now, Clippers only played Kawhi seven minutes in the first half. He's coming off the bench right now. So this Clipper team is not the same team that you'll see come playoff time. They got to get some guys healthy. They got to get some guys, you know, back into gear. But still, a good win for the Phoenix Suns. Basically leading wire to wire. Never allowing the Clippers to get really into that game. Two and one on the season. Suns are hosting the Warriors tomorrow. This Suns news from over the weekend. It was reported by Baxter Holmes of ESPN that Adam Silver, prior to the Dallas game last week, apologized to Suns employees. Had about an hour-long sit-down with them in the arena's lower bowl before the Mavs game so we could talk with them about the Robert Sarver investigation and the subsequent sale of the team. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that he apologized, that he takes a responsibility for letting them down. Um, and he said that the law firm did the best job that they could. He acknowledged that some employees might be wondering why certain allegations or stories they raised were not included in the report. He said the lawyers, you know, followed a process and that they remain truly independent. So spoke with everybody. Um, I, I think Sam Garvin, who's now uh, the you know running everything uh, for the Phoenix Suns, he said that everyone deserves respect. Everyone should be treated professionally. So things are changing in that Phoenix Suns front office. Yeah, for sure. it was it was definitely it's certainly good for him and the league to at least engage with the employees. How much encouragement they took from it remains to be seen. Over the weekend, an abysmal road performance by ASU football and interim head coach Sean Aguano led to their 15-14 loss. They did not allow a touchdown to Stanford, but they lost the game first time since 1984 an ASU team can make that claim. Also, today, Aguano spoke on sticking with Emory Jones over Trenton Bourget and now the battle going forward. Here's what Aguano said today. There's some good things that he did. Um, There's some decision-making that uh, was questionable, I thought. Um, There was some... um Inconsistency, I thought, in the second half a little bit. Overall, I thought he did okay. Um, going forward, and you'll see it out there too, it's an open competition, a true open competition for for both of those guys. That was sound from true today open from Coach yeah. Iguano. Yep. Yes, I think he's probably leaning towards making a change, but he's just... Probably wants to see these guys over the next couple of days. It's a listen. This is a good time. You got a you got a weaker opponent in Colorado coming up. This might be a good time to make that change. Emory Jones just they got those first two drives, and then after that, their offense just stalled. There are a couple of plays here and there, but they stalled at five punts. They had a missed field goal, they had an interception. Couldn't get anything going from the NFL over the weekend. Obviously, in the division, the big stories: the Seahawks beat the Chargers thirty-seven twenty-three. Geno continues to play well. Kenneth Walker the third ran all over the Chargers in that game. Yeah. And speaking of... That kid's good. That kid's good. He's fast and he's strong and yeah, he could be a star in this What round was he? I believe he was a second or third rounder if I'm not mistaken. I think he was second too. Chiefs beat the Niners 44-23. Kansas City puts up over 500 yards of offense against San Francisco. Yeah, listen, it's them. Okay, it's not us. It's them. How did the Cardinals get waxed by Kansas City? It's them. Their offense is just so good with or without Tyreek Hill. Yep, and then the two other big games from the NFC, Tom Brady and the Bucks losing to the Carolina Panthers, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. How do you lose to the Carolina to the wa- How do you lose to the Carolina Panthers? They just traded McCaffrey. They're, they're throwing in the towel for the season. Dante Foreman was running all over oh the Panthers God. yesterday. PJ Walker got the big win. And then Aaron Rodgers and the Packers losing to the Washington.
Washington yeah, Commanders. still waiting yesterday. for them to convert a third down, which they didn't do all game. Yeah. And then today, the news out of the NFL: the Colts have benched quarterback Matt Ryan. His arm's shot. Yeah, it, it, no, and, his arm is and shot. And they're saying it's not even because of an injury. He can't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. Sam he Ellinger is going to be the starting quarterback there for the rest of the season. Some of those throws, he can't throw the football anymore. Yeah. He's got a shot arm. And in just over six minutes, the Jets lost two rookies. They're five and two on the season, but running back Brees Hall and right tackle Elijah Vera Tucker both done for the season. Wow, what a shame! The Jets can just not. They can't have nice things. Yep, they can't have nice things. The NFL investigating two referees from the Buccaneers game yesterday because they asked for Mike Evans. Did you see the video? I sure did. See the video? They're like, "Welcome, Mike, Mike, Mike." Mike, Mike, One of the guys, you can see one of the guys realizes that the camera's on him and he tries to get away. It's so funny. He's like, "Hey, hey, hey, Mike, hey, yeah." Listen, we have a rule. All of us that have press passes or work, you know, on the field, you can't ask for an autograph. You don't ask for an autograph because now I just did you, Mike Evans. You just did him a favor. Maybe the next time, hey, holding on Mike Evans, pedal like, you know, that's why you don't do that because he may feel like you owe me one now. Yeah, the, the NFL is investigating right now. And of yeah, course, those the, guys should be those guys should be disciplined. World Series is all set. Game one coming up on Friday. The Astros versus the Phillies. The Astros completed the sweep of the Yankees yesterday. The Phillies won the NLCS over the San Diego Padres yesterday. Yeah, listen, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be a great World Series. The Phillies are rolling right now. That is the, like, that's the, you know, the Eagles are undefeated. The number one talk in Philly right now, 90% of their sports radio talk shows are the Phillies. First World Series since 2009. You can see yeah. why. Meanwhile, for the Astros, their fourth World Series since 2017. Who you got? Oh, I, I, I'm not going to make any bets on this, but I'll take the Phillies. You're going to take the Phillies? I'll take the Phillies. I like it. I, I'm, I think the Astros win. Unfortunately, I'm rooting like hell for the Phillies, though. I'm rooting like Me hell too. Me for too. the Philadelphia Phillies. That is our I'll enjoy watching the demise of the Astros if they lose. It will be fun. It will be a lot of fun. That is our 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. And when we come back here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Cliff Kingsbury, press conference today and a guest on the Wolf and Luke Show, talking about D-Hop's role, talking again about his spat with Kyler and the state of his football team. You'll hear what he said next here on Burns and Gambo. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Colonels are back at work this week. Mini bye after beating the Saints on Thursday night. And now they get a team. And this is this is what is so wrong about what we do and what everybody does when the schedule comes out, right? Schedule comes out mid-May. And you look at the schedule and you go, okay, win, loss, win, win, loss, 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 win, win, win. And what happens is, you we know this, but we do it anyway because we're just kind of messing around having fun, right? You have no idea until the season starts who's actually going to be good and who's going to be bad. And sometimes even within the context of a season, that changes, right? Like New England started the season, they didn't look very good, now they look like they're all right. By the time the Cardinals play them in December, they might be bad again. Who knows, right? We looked at the schedule when it came out, and I'm sure we looked at the Vikings and went, ah, win. Win. It's Minnesota. They're not that good. It's Kirk Cousins. He's not that good. They're 5-1. and 
You know, and so so suddenly it's that's why it's so foolish to look at the schedule in May. But we do it because we have fun, and a lot of people do it. They just pick a win loss record. Right now, Cliff Kingsbury today in his meeting with the media thinks the Vikings are his words an elite team in the NFC. Now they're playing at a high level uh, with a lot of confidence. They're five and one uh, for a reason, and um, they don't make many mistakes on, on that side of the ball. Great pass rushers, uh, you know, the secondary. They play a lot of zone coverage and have eyes on the quarterback, so they're creating a lot of turnovers and. They, they they are a good team. They're one of the elite teams in the league right now. I liked Zimmer as a coach. I always thought he was a good head, you know, good quality head coach. But he's he's out, and yeah, I mean they they've, they've been a much better football team so far this this year, and and they have separated themselves, you know, from from a lot of these other teams. There's only a few good teams in the NFC right now. You can say, okay, that's a good team. Right now, we look at Minnesota and say, through six games, six games, that's a good team. Yep. You know, Philly's a good team. The Giants, the, the Dallas. There are a few good teams, but not many. There's a lot of mediocrity right now. The Vikings. Are not part of yeah, that. there's only, if you look at it, there's only five teams in the entire NFC that have four or more wins. Five. That's it. Eagles at 6-0, and oh, Giants at 6-1, and one, the Vikings at 5-1, and one, the Cowboys at 5-2, and two, and the Seahawks at 4-3. and three. Everybody else is below that line right now. Are the Vikings elite? Seems like a really strong word, but in, in today's NFL, where it's a week-by-week, I mean, it's always a week-by-week proposition, why not them, right? I mean, it's well, always like an 88% chance to win a division right now. Like, you know, they got like a really high chance to win that division. We'll see. But this would be a good win if you're the Cardinals. You oh, get back yeah. to you get back to 500 there. Like, all of these games matter so much because of all the mediocrity that there is. Um, you don't want to you don't want to hang around two games below 500. You want to try to get to 500 or above. You know, this is a game you're right. I'm not looking at this game and thinking at the Look, even the Eagles, okay? The Eagles are the best team in the league. The Cardinals probably should have beat them. Probably should. I mean, if they had if they had Rodrigo Blankenship, is that his name? That Rodrigo Blankenship. Name. <laughs> Instead of Matt Amendola, they might have won the damn football game against the Eagles. Congratulations. So, you just won backup kicker Jeopardy geez, here on exactly, Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. You named yeah. the names correctly, brother. Yeah. I didn't even need Vince Morata for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they could have. They should have. They could have won, yeah, won that game. And the Eagles they, are the best the NFC has to offer right now. There's not that much separation in this league. There really isn't. I mean, maybe at the very bottom and the very top, you know, when a team, you know, when the Buffalo Bills are playing the Houston Texans, okay, there's some separation. When the Eagles are playing the Lions. Okay, there's some separation. Everybody else, they're not that far off from each other. And this is certainly a winnable game. But then Carolina the won yesterday and Washington won yesterday. Like, much. what happened yesterday is they're like, oh my, I, I, I would never be a better. This is why I would never bet. Can you imagine, like, if you're a better, like, there's no way that the. I'm trying to figure out this league, I know. Right. Yeah. There's no way that Green Bay is going to lose to Washington. Like, no one would have thought that Washington was going to be. Right? Yeah. No. Taylor Heineke was their quarterback, for goodness sakes. Yeah. But he's got a really cool pair of green and gold Air Jordans that he's rocking because he beat them. And things, that's all that matters. Cost? And that's all that what matters. What are those things costing? Air Jordans? What do you think those those are costing? 180? No. 220? More? The custom ones? The custom ones? Oh, I, you okay. got to get them from somebody now. Order. Uh, yeah, you're right. I like, wasn't thinking about notice. the custom. Like, I got a, I got a guy. You got to have a guy. Like, you want sneakers these days? You got to have a guy. Like, I got a hey, guy. Gambo up, Taylor. Get them faster. <laughs> I got a guy. Because, because you like you can't get them. So you got to have a guy. Uh, I don't have a guy for sneakers. You got to have a guy. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I get them from my wife because my wife always wants the, the, the kicks or whatever they are. Like, the, the dunks. Dunks? What do you call them? Dunks? Yeah, dunks. <laughs> so, but you got to have a guy to get these things. <laughs> and he's got to have these programs that can help you win the shoes that you got to get. Actually, now I think about it, I think I got a guy. I got a guy. You got to have a guy. I think my nephew is a guy. 
Oh, I think I, I think my nephew's yeah. a guy in it that is, in hey, that world. Hey. In fact, you know what he is. <laughs> now I think about it. You got to have a guy. Okay, I got a guy. Yeah, new Tom, dunks. Hey. New dunks. Tommy, come if out. you're listening, you're my guy, Tommy. You got to have a. It's this lottery, but you got to have I don't know some kind of bots or something in yeah. order to get them. Like nephew I don't know, Tommy, you're my guy, nephew. Yeah. You're my guy. You don't just show up at like Modell Sporting Goods and say, "Hey, can I have a size 11? And they give them. To, it doesn't work that way anymore. <laughs> we don't even have Modells out here. Modell Sporting Goods. We don't have. Right? Doing? You, you live in Arizona. Uh, we don't have Modells here in Arizona. Size man. 11 and Come sure. on, man. That's a New York thing. Yeah. Cliff, when he was on with Wolf and Luke today, uh, we're going to run through some of this Cliff sound because he's talked about a lot of different things. And once again, of course, he was asked about the spat between him and Kyler. He did not have a lot to say about it today. Yeah, no, I think it's it's emotional game. It's football. Um, you know, we're all trying to get it right and win, win the game. And um, that's just part of it. What's that? He, he got it like he's ready to move on. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, sure. We won the football game. There was a spat. It's fine. There's a, a lot of stuff that goes on. That got caught on camera. It is what it is. Like, we're fine. I'm fine. He's fine. I didn't lose any sleep over it. I didn't wake up the next morning worried about what he was going to think. We, we got we to gotta win football games. I just I hope it doesn't happen every week. If it happens like that every week, it's going to turn into a problem. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm just saying if it does, if, we, if, we, if every single week we're in here talking about Kyler and Cliff yelling at each other and got caught on camera, it's going to be a problem. That's a problem that it happens every week. So just don't let I, it happen every yeah. week. Twice this year so far, right? So far twice. Okay. So far twice. Just not every week. No, just not limited every week. to yeah. I bet three. You get three. You get three times you get to yell at your coach like that. All right, yeah. let's uh, get down to business here. Um, this time a week ago, there was some speculation that Cliff Kingsbury would be willing to give up calling plays. He was asked about that again today. Will you call the play against the Vikings? Yeah, I will uh, against the Vikings. As soon as D hops out again, you can call him <laughs> uh, whoever else wants to do it, and you'll see how that goes. Um, but no, it, it's uh, we're working through some things still, and, and we have a long way to go. Um, we got to be more consistent. There's no doubt, but I, I like where it's heading. Um, so hopefully, we can we can keep the momentum a going. Follow up on being a head coach and a play caller. Uh, I think every situation is different. You know, I think um, you see around the league, some people have done it, some people have given it up, some people have gone back to it, and uh, there, there's no right or wrong answer there. I think it's whatever fits your, your team at that time. I just write in, like, throw the ball to number 10. Second play, throw the ball to number 10. Third play, throw the ball. Like, just now that you got the Andre Hopkins back, you would figure that it's going to be a lot easier for Cliff to call play. He's going to call the same plays, but they just got a guy that's going to make it work. Yeah, you would think. You would think. couple other ones on A.J. Green's role going forward. We're going to work through this week and um, see where that personnel group goes. I think each week we're going to try to maximize, you know, who does what best in that room and try to find matchups and, and go from there. But it, it's going to be a crowded wide receiver room, there's no doubt. You get Hollywood back, hopefully, in a few more weeks, and, and we'll just see where it goes. Yeah, like I, I I think AJ Green is I think when Hollywood Brown comes back, knock on wood, as long as nothing else happens between now and then, I don't think AJ will play very many snaps, if at all, before Hollywood gets back and he might not be on the team the, after the, Hollywood. The question gets back. to ask yourself is if if everybody comes back and you cut AJ Green, but you don't have like Isabella's gone and Wesley's out for the year, if you had another injury, do you have a guy that's as good as AJ Green that you can get off the street? Um, because if not, then not it might somebody be who knows the system. Okay, then no. listen, like just listen. You might be better off keeping him. You yeah. might. That's it. Like you know, you're an insurance policy guy. Like you're big on those things. Yeah. He, he might be. So you've got well, you got Hopkins. If you get Hollywood Brown and you got Robbie Anderson, and you've got uh, you've got more, and you got Dorch. Those are your five. Hmm? If one of those guys goes down. 
Yeah. A.J. Green is your replacement. If one of those guys goes down and A.J. Green's not here, who's your replacement? If that guy could be better than A.J. Because you're not paying A.J. Green a whole lot of money. And if you like, you might as well just hold on to him. And look, you're not going to, you might not play some games, but if somebody goes down, you're the next guy up. And just stay ready. And that's why I said I would definitely keep him until I get Hollywood Brown back. I, I would keep him. There's no reason not to for but that even exact after Hollywood reason. Brown comes back. Even after he comes back. Well, at that point, if I've got a need somewhere else and I'm down to my last, what, at that point, you've got five games left in the season. Yeah. You know, and there's a cornerback out there who can help me. There's a, this guy who can help me. That guy, I might be willing to ride with the depth I've got in the room and take a chance that I need that roster spot for somebody else. An extra offensive lineman because I'm banged sure. up. An extra whatever. One last one from Cliff real quick. He was asked about the McCaffrey trade. It broke right in the middle of Thursday night football. Did it ruin the win for him? No. No, that's alright. I knew they were playing the Chiefs, so I felt good about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went up against the Chiefs. Trust me, nobody can yeah. stop them. Yeah, have fun with your CMC, yeah. guys. He, they can't. trade Tyree Kill and Kansas City's offense is still like kicking ass Kansas. and taking Numbers. Kansas City's going to hang a 40-burger on you guys. Yeah, sure. Go get CMC. That's great. When we come back, they are the presumed weak link of the Phoenix Suns. Well, we're three games in. How have they done? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That's us here on this Monday on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hope everybody out there had a good weekend. Thanks for hanging with us, the Suns. Suns had a decent weekend. They lost to Portland on Friday night in overtime, but got a really nice win last night against the Clippers, albeit who, you know, still are very much rounding into form with all their guys, specifically Kawhi missing a bunch of time. Uh, the story of the Suns so far through three games has been Devin Booker, the level at which he's played in these three games. It's very, very early for this conversation, but we got to let Eric have his fun. This was one he felt strongly about. So here's our Twitter poll question today here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Yeah, for us today, Rubes. This one I find interesting, especially in the results, because I'd like everybody to imagine if this question was posed five years ago and what the response would be then. So the question is, how important is it to you that Devin Booker wins MVP this season? You've got three options. It's very important to you. He's your guy, and that's the MVP. It's kind of important important to you. You don't want him to force it, but if it's there, go get it. And option number three, it's not important at all because rings, they matter more. Yeah, I, I'm like I don't care about MVPs. <laughs> I just don't care about it. Steve Nash won two and they didn't win a championship. Barkley won one, they didn't win a championship. It's nice. It's it's good for the player. It's good for the market. Yeah. I, I remember when uh, I mean Jokic won MVPs. Hasn't won anything. Like to me, it's it's the championship. Of course, I'd rather win a ring, obviously. And so for me, I'll go with option number two because a I, I do think it's important for Devin Booker. I think it's certainly something that you know like being on the cover of the video game that would matter very much to him. And so if it's important to him, it's important to me. And it would be kind of cool. But nobody, by answering that, don't think for a second that I'm putting that even remotely ahead of winning a championship. Nobody would do that. I mean, I mean outside of Patrick Peterson. If it was, <laughs> I mean, the only guy I know that would say, I'd rather have that, I'd rather have an MVP than win a championship is Patrick Peterson. You know what's That's funny it. is actually uh, Hawk Center, Clint Capella, the team they said, write your
your goals on pictures this yeah. season. Everybody else said championship. He said all first team all defense in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, come on, Clint. Come on. So Patrick Peterson, Clint, Clint Capella. Capella. Those are the only two guys who are there you all go. about individual yeah. achievement. What's our audience say on this 51.9% are going with not important at all to you because those rings matter more. 26.7% find themselves in the middle saying it's kind of important. Don't force it. 21.4% say it's very important. All right, that's uh, the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it. Of course, the Suns are 2-1 and one on the season, as I mentioned. And Devin Booker, yeah, his 96 points that he scored so far. It's really early, but it's the most scored through the first three games in franchise history. He's been remarkable. He's shooting 53% from the floor, 53% from three, 95% from the free throw line. He's driving the ball with more authority. But when talking about the Suns uh, in the three games that we have in front of us so far, there's lots of different conversations that we need to have. And we need to have a conversation about the bench, who I thought last night by far had their best performance of the season. Sure. The kind where you go, okay, you can live with that, right? You can live with 39 points. You can live with Jock Landale doing it. You can. They got Landry Shamit back, and it was good to see him yep. hit a couple threes. Even campaign played all right last night. That That's the kind of bench performance you can live with if you're Monty. Yeah, they had 39 points and 23 rebounds from that bench. 39 points, 23 rebounds. Torrey Craig had nine rebounds in the game. Landale had 10. So you got 19 rebounds. Now, the Clippers are not a really big team. They don't have a lot of size. Uh, so that was good that they dominated the boards when they when they did. But Landale's been really good. Nine nine points and 10 rebounds in 17 minutes. Um, I, I thought that Torrey Craig, came, Torrey Craig came in and did a pretty good job. You're going to need this bench throughout the season to be good. And Landale's been the biggest surprise. Damian Lee's kind of come back to earth a little bit. I didn't expect a whole lot from him, but he's getting playing time. It's good that they got Landry Shamit back because, you know, if he if he shoots the ball well, he could be a big weapon for them. And again, I mean, at some point, they are going to trade Jay Crowder and get somebody else who'll be a part of that bench. Sure, and who that person is and how they fit kind of remains to be seen. There seems to be another fresh round of rumors today of Jay going maybe to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we haven't been able to confirm anything like that, and we certainly haven't seen any names. Here's Monty today from practice, his thoughts on the play of the bench early in the season. I don't want to get too happy on the farm about that group because it's only been a few games, but I think the potential for that group to live uh, on both ends, especially on the offensive end when teams switch against us, I think we we may be a bit better than we have been in the past. I mean, Landale just tortured that small ball five out Clippers lineup sure. last night. Yeah. Just tortured him. I mean, he's, his energy, his his activity on the boards, you mentioned times, his rebounding work. Sometimes like Reggie Jackson was guarding him and DA. Like, okay, like if you don't punish Reggie Jackson, you got a guard covering DeAndre Ayton. That was one point eight and put the got a rebound, put it up, missed it, got the rebound, put it back in. Reggie Jackson was on him. He's like, What do you guys want me to do? Like honestly, what do you want me to do? Like, look at this. I can't guard that guy. But Landale's been good because he spaces the floor a little bit. And look, we were all thinking that Dario coming back would help campaign. Dario's not playing. Okay, no. he's not playing. No. I was told over the summer, you know, when we were talking about like, hey, he's looking terrible in Europe, like awful. Like he's probably not ready to like he's on the he's played two minutes so far this year. Yeah. Dario Sarch has played two minutes in I three games. I imagine they're taking it real slow. He's not with ready. Him. Yeah. He's not he's ready not to play. Ready to go. Meanwhile, on Landale, this is what Monty had to say today. I think it's it's like those sacrificing winning plays that a guy makes without scoring. Um his ability to 
run down the floor, seal, or just run down the floor and take two guys with him to free somebody up on the backside. And it was what we saw in him in the free preseason when we were playing pickup. His ability to just sprint down the floor and be athletic and, and just get after it and, and bury people in the paint. I, I didn't know that about him. I, I just saw him as a jump shooter when he was with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, but we need it. I mean, he's he's been a, a welcome addition to that second group because he can make those kinds of plays and hopefully he can free up opportunities for guys on the backside. But look, if we're talking about the bench, I mean, the conversation has to start and end with campaign and Landry Shamit. And, and I mean, we're three games in and Shamit we just saw in campaign's had his moments, good and bad. Gambo, you know me. I got trust issues when it comes to both of those guys. And I'm going to need to see a lot out of both of them over the course of a lot of games before I'm going to feel comfortable with either of them and say, okay, bench is good, everything's all right because you got Campaign and Landry Shamit back there. I like Campaign's been fine. He's been fine. He's He's fine. Eight for 21 from the field in three games. Three for eight from three-point range. He's got four assists, six turnovers. Minutes, he had 19 in the first game, then seven. 17 and 15, so they've kind of come down a little bit. But for a guy that you're asking to play 15 minutes, he's been fine. He hasn't hurt them at all. Um, I look, I actually, I mean, I like him. It's just he, last year, he's like two years ago, we loved him. Remember in the Lakers series? Of course. He was unstoppable well, against Clippers, the Lakers. The Clippers series, game two, when Chris Paul was yeah. out, the, the Valley Oop game, he, the, he, he was so points. good. Like, he was, he just, last year, there was a recklessness to his game that he just couldn't tame. But played out of control at he, times. He just, yes. he just couldn't tame yeah. it. And, and, but that's who he, that's how he was. He was like that against the Lakers and the Clippers too, but he was just able to well, kind of corral it. Yeah, yeah, he was actually, able yeah. to channel it in the in the right kind of way. So, um, I, look through three games, it's worked. Let's talk about this after the next game and after the next after a month and after two months, and we'll see. Because I, I I still think at the core of it is those two guys, and I just don't know if I trust either one of them. So far, so good. So far, so good. All right, three games in, they make it. They make a trade for Jay Crowder. What do you want? What do you want? You want a center, power forward? You want another? Wing player, want you want another, a point guard. I want another shooter. I want another shooter. You want another guy who can knock the ball down. I want, okay. I want whether some sort of a wing type player, a, a shooting guard, small forward, wing type who can shoot. I, I think they're going to need either that or a power bench. forward. I would not mind having so because like the one thing with Cam Johnson doesn't rebound the ball very well. No, in fact, Monty's been encouraging him to do that more to doesn't, kind of replace Jay. Doesn't right? rebound well. Yeah, he does. I, I might look power forward here from right. him. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, is it time for another significant change when it comes to ASU? No, not with the head coach, but at the quarterback position? We'll talk about it next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Valaday to the left of Emory Jones. Emory looking left. Pressure coming. Pass deflected. And that one is picked off at the 47-yard line. Linebacker Levani DeMooney, Stanford's leading tackler on the season, intercepts that deflected pass. After the uh, 14-point outburst by ASU on Saturday against Stanford, um, standstill. They got stuck in cement. Punt, interception, missed field goal, punt, punt, punt. 
punt, downs. That was it. Take the downs away. Is that seven or eight possessions? That's one, Take two, the three, down. four, five, six, seven. That's seven. Five, five punts, punts in their last one seven. One missed field goal. And an interception. And, and, and a missed field goal was... The, the, that kid's been money. Yeah. That kid's been great. He came up short on 21 yards. Special teams player of the week, yeah, I think. And he gave it look, look, right, looks like you, you look at it right down the middle. It was right down the damn middle. It's, it's just, short. It's like short. That, Kick's no good. Like, really? That whole time, watching ASU lose to Stanford. I, I And I don't know about you. I mean, well, I, I know about you because I know you watched the game a little differently this weekend because of everything you had going on. I was watching that game and I kept thinking, okay, you got to go to the other guy. You got to go to the other guy. Come on, go to the other guy. This is going to be the series. This is going to be the way at. No, not going to be that. Oh, here it comes. This is, yeah, no, not, not Trenton Bourget here. The whole second half, watching that offense get nowhere. And I mean, no, I mean, six plays, six plays, five plays, five plays. I mean, they couldn't sustain any kind of lengthy drive at all. I kept thinking they're going to go to Trenton Bourget. They're going to make a change, and they never did. They never did. So today, Sean Aguano, the head coach, the interim head coach of ASU, in evaluating the job Emory Jones did in the loss to Stanford over the weekend, kind of dropped the, I was going to call it a bombshell. It's really the most obvious thing in the room. Right now, there's not a true starting quarterback. It's an open competition. There's some good things that he did. Um, there's some decision-making that uh, was questionable, I thought. Um, there was some um, inconsistency, I thought, in the second half a little bit. Overall, I thought he did okay um, going forward, and you'll see it out there, too. It's an open competition, a true open competition for, for both of those guys. Would you like to see him be more decisive? Look, I've been the head coach of this team for, for four, four games now. Like, I've seen Emory Jones. I've seen, like, I should, like, you should know. Who your quarterback is going to be? Like I'm a fan of Aguano. I want him to do well. I just think at this point, I I think I'd like to see him be, be a little more decisive. Is that the word? Like it's know the word. Who, know who your guy is. I, I don't have any problem with making this week an open competition. Okay. I don't. I, I mean, I understand that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not totally against it. But I really hope it. I hope in his mind, he's got a strong lean one way by by now. Well, I mean, I, I'm sh- <laughs> I'm sure in the back of his mind, he knows who's going to win it. I'm sure he does. Okay. I, I'm sure in the back of his mind, that. He, he knows who his starting quarterback is going to be. I'm I'm sure of it. Okay. I, I mean, he knows. Because if you're sitting there today, like I don't know who I'm going to pick. I don't know who do you like. You got to have a really good idea. Who gives you the best chance to win against Colorado? Yeah, but but in terms of saying it's an open competition, in terms of hey, letting Trenton Bourget know, okay. Wow me, impress me, or saying to Emory Jones, yeah. okay, hold on to what you've got by by putting that carrot out there and having both of them fight for it. I got no problem with that at all. And maybe None. there's and maybe there's there's a method to the madness. Maybe there's a look. I'm going to let these guys battle, and they're going to play so hard, and and, they, and they're going to compete so hard this week. And I'm going to push it. I'm going to get the best out of everybody. I'm going to get the best out of everybody. I know it's Colorado and they're terrible, hmm. but still, I mean, you want that going into that game. Sean Aguano's fighting for his. For, for, for a chance to be the head coach. You got a nice win over Washington. You followed that up with a bad loss. Stanford hadn't won a conference game in a while. They had lost 10 straight conference games. Now, they beat Notre Dame last week, but in conference, they had lost 10 straight. Yep. And they didn't play any good. They kicked five field goals. Yeah. They kicked. That's how they won the game, with five field goals. That kick, it was money. You kept hitting everything.
thing. But this game against Colorado is one like you have to win this game. You have to if you're ASU, right? Now, we can sit here and say, well, why do they have to win this game? The season's not going anywhere. The investigation, Herm's gone. and I'm probably not going to go to a bowl game. I mean, you still you owe it to the kids. You owe it to the kids to play hard, win some games, and try to leave this, try to leave this job better than what you took it over with. Yeah, there's that. There's part of that, and part of it too is that nobody wants to, nobody wants to be in last, right? Nobody wants to be the worst. You lose to Colorado, all the I'm telling you, all the good you did in, in beating oh, Washington, course. gone. It's gone. The it's, embarrassment it's, of losing to Colorado it, right now. It's absolutely. And then at that point, it just becomes okay. When do we play U of A? And and what stock are we going to put in that game? And by then, no one's going to care because neither team's going to be any good. Yeah, of course. Everything, it all goes out the window if you lose to Colorado. And so I look. I wanted to see. I want. To see them make a quarterback change midway through that second half, I wanted them to see Trenton Bourget and just see if he could have sparked something else and something different. They didn't. They 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 wrote and I look. I get it. Emory Jones came from the transfer portal, and I, I heard Wolf talking about this earlier. Probably got some money through the NIL to come through the transfer portal. Used to be the Florida quarterback, right? There's like you want to give him every chance to succeed. Nothing against Trenton Bourget. Trenton Bourget is a walk on from Murata. You know, it, it's it's. Emory Jones is a guy from Florida who chose you and was rewarded for choosing you through the NIL, if I remember the story right. So I get you wanting to give him every opportunity to show that he can be the quarterback. But at some point, you have to be about winning football games. And yeah. if Emory Jones isn't going to do it, then you need to go somebody you know, else. You know, the thing about those drives, right? I'm just looking at the drives, right? Because you mentioned all the punts and everything. It, it You go back to the field goal that was short, right? There was a nice pass to Badger for 11 yards. There was an Emory had a 23-yard run in there. Okay, so you're not going to pull him out there. And you go to the next drive. They got a third and nine that he completes to Thompson for 23 yards. Okay, they end up punting. But, man, he made a nice pass on a third and nine for 23 yards. Keep the drive going. All right, maybe you don't take him out there. Now you're in the fourth quarter. He gets a tw- he has a 12-yard run, Emory Jones. And then he's got a pass to Badger for 20 yards. Hung in the pocket, did a good job. You know, then they end up, you know, punting the ball. and So, like... It wasn't like it was so obvious to take him out. Like, oh my God, he can't throw the ball. And he, three and out, three and out, three and out. They actually got some, they, in each of those drives, they moved the ball a little bit, just little. enough to be like, okay, there's not a reason to take him out. Yeah, in retrospect, yeah. But then you lose. You, you gave up 15 you, points you, and you, you lost. Ha- you scored twice and then you couldn't get in the end zone again. Yeah. And, and, and look, could, yep. remember after they beat... After they beat Washington, we had Bourget on the show. And afterwards, you're like, man, I hope he's the starting quarterback next week. And they went right back to Emory Jones. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not like totally against that. I understand it. I mean, I get that. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. But then Emory Jones comes out and you lose to Stanford. And your offense scores 14 points against Stanford. Yeah. Like, it might be the time. And whoever, like, I think whoever the quarterback is this week, maybe you just ride him through for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know if it's Emory. If he ends up winning it and you struggle again against Colorado, then you'll make a change and it'll probably be permanent. Okay, well if it's if, if it's Bourget, if it's Bourget, you might just Look, stick you're with my it guy. the rest of the season. You're my yeah. guy. Let's see but what if, you got. If Emory wins the quote unquote competition and he comes out and they lose to Colorado, then you might have to make but a switch and then it might have to be permanent. Both of those. I want to see who my quarterback is for next year. Emory Jones actually has a, uh, eligibility for next year. I know. I need to see who my guy is for next year. That's why they. I'm sure want to give. 
give him every chance in the world to succeed at this because he came from Florida and he's getting compensated for it. Steve Kime now has a three and four football team. So with the trade deadline looming in a couple of weeks, we just saw the Jets make a move today. Do the Cardinals have any plans to add to the roster? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show.